Okay. Bye, right. Alex. <laughs> nice to meet you again. Um, all right. So every, we'll, we'll wait a sec for everyone to come in, I guess. But um, so for everyone watching, Alex and I just had a very great interview. And right at the end, my phone froze and didn't save the interview. It didn't save anything. Um, so we have nothing, um, which, which is really unfortunate because it was a, it was a very good interview, but let's do it again. Let's start from the beginning. We'll, we'll power through. I got, I know, I know the answers now. So there we go. You that. do know the answer. So it's a little, it's a little bit of cheating, but that's okay. Okay. Um, I know everyone who was in here was really enjoying themselves and you cut out a lot. So maybe they'll hear everything clear this time. Awesome. I'll skip the bad, the bad jokes. And um, we we could go. So now, uh, my laptop won't load the questions, so that's good. So I'll just I'll just grab another phone, and I'm just going to read it off my phone because this is what's oh. happening. This just one right. of the days. It's okay. This is what we do. It's it's survival of the interview right now. Yeah, this is a perfect example. So uh, I'll give a. I'll just give a really quick intro again, since this is supposed to be my first episode. And we, I guess we shot a pilot. It didn't get picked up. So we got to try it again. Um, okay. So my name, if you're watching this for the first time, is Justin Sarachik. You may know me as the editor of Rapzilla, but you probably don't. You probably know me from right now. And this is my show, Survival of the Artist. And it was a podcast for two years. Uh, now I'm going live on Instagram. Right in front of me is Alex Johnson, very talented actress, singer, songwriter, mom, farmer, and a host of other things. We just uh, spent about an hour talking about really amazing things, and uh, we lost the whole interview. So she was very kind and said, let's just do it again. I don't think anyone in this chat right now is really upset about it, and we'll just we'll just focus on some of the the better more important questions um which i previously had in front of me but now that's not working so <laughs> in your own words and i asked you this who are you what do you do and what is your claim to fame okay so i am a i'm an independent singer songwriter um what was the middle question who are you? What do you do? What is your claim to fame? Songwriter. I do a lot of things. Um, I do writing. I like writing music. I like. Um, I. I. I act. I like. Um, I have dreams of having farm, which I'm working towards. Um, what I'm known for. Um, oh, and I'm a mom. I'm a mom. Very important. <laughs> Which is the most important mm -hmm. thing. Um, I'm known for uh, probably so weird and instant start playing um, singer songwriters on, on those two shows. Okay. So on, on this journey of, of TV and music that you have gone through, did you know as a kid that, you know, this is what I want to aspire to be when I grow up? I wanted to be a singer. Um, I never, I never 
thought about acting. It wasn't something that I, you know, I didn't do theater in, in elementary school. I sang, I sang in choir. Um, I'm, I'm from a pretty small town and I'm one of a lot of kids. And I just went into a local agency and I said, uh, I want to sing. And he was like, the agent was like, okay. Uh, I just, I was so tired of doing all the, you know, affairs in my, in my small town. And I wanted a chance at really, you know, my mom and my mom and dad were so busy with mm-hmm. the other kids in life. And, um, it wasn't like I was pushed out the door to make it happen. It was just, I just wanted to sing and I wanted a chance that I don't even know what I was thinking. Just, I loved Celine Dion. I loved Les Mis. I loved uh, musical mm-hmm. theater and, and he, I, he signed me and then started sending me out on auditions, which I didn't even really know what, what they were at the time. I'm like an audition is that, and what led to me starting out my journey, wanting to be a singer turned into me doing toy commercials as a kid. <laughs> right. Right. Because you could get free toys out of it. Cause I could get um, free toys out of it. Exactly. So I wouldn't turn that down, but then it just ended up. Yeah. My journey from there just unfolded and I, I ended up landing some pretty big acting roles for, uh, for a kid. It was shocking. And also roles that, you know, allowed me to sing and mm-hmm. even write music for starting was so weird. So that was just like out of the gate. I was, I was very, I was just a lucky kid. Yeah. So, so you're, you're thrust into season three of so weird. You're playing a singer-songwriter. So you're playing a version of yourself somewhat, but now you're acting it out instead of actually like being that person. So what was, what was that experience like, you know, having that as your first acting gig? Um, I was so, I was so young. I didn't, um, I didn't even understand at that age what I was getting into. Um, I was just having so much and I'm so lucky um, and you have kids. <laughs> um, and I'm so, I'm so lucky that I, able to, that I was a, able to be a part of the Disney world and be a young actor and have the passion of the there to help steer me and guide me. You know, very lucky for that because as we know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, musicians, actors who start out that young, Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can be a bit derailed based on some experiences that they have. It's not a perfect structure for an industry. We haven't quite figured it out yet. I'm very unlucky in that way. Okay. Uh, everyone watching, that screaming child is my son, who I think bumped his head or fell down. Um, so, um, yep, I can't mute this. This isn't Zoom. So there we go. This is part of the... Uh, this, this is part of the uh, the madness of trying to conduct this interview that, that we've had. <laughs> it's life. It's it's live it's live TV. Any anything can happen. Go. Exactly. Um Okay. So <laughs> eventually you you joined the N network um, for as the star in Instant Star. Mm-hmm. So did that show parallel your life or or did you kind of play Jude Harrison as someone that you aspired to be? Jude Harrison was 
such, it was such an awesome opportunity for me because I was writing so much music at that time and I took the show. I took the offer for, of the show because they gave me an opportunity to write music for it. And for me, music was a passion for me. Acting was a passion. Acting is, was fun and it was exciting and you know being able to portray a character was awesome but really for me if i was going to play jude harrison i was like i want to grow as a writer i want to be a part of writing music for jude harrison um so that ended up being yeah like it was a dream part at that age it was a dream role um looking back now as a legitimate musician um when you go to Spotify and you look up Alex Johnson, the first songs that come up, my most recognized songs are Jude Harrison songs, mm-hmm. which in the end, you know, something that's such a blessing in my life. It's also, it's been an interesting, um, it just comes with me forever. That TV show, that four years of my life will be with me forever as a musician. And the songs that we wrote for Jude was their songs for a character. Um, mm-hmm which is interesting. So I don't know if anybody else has really been in that circumstance in the industry. I, you know, I know that there's movies that have come out. Um, what's that singer songwriter video with that actor beyond date? Um, not the ballad of, there's a, an awesome movie. If you guys remember what it's called about a musician and he, I, it's hard to, it's hard to explain, but, I don't know if that's happened to many other artists before. Like I, you know, I get, I had these amazing opportunities to portray these musicians on TV shows, but I'm an actual musician. So Mm -hmm. after the show ended, I go on to sign a couple major record deals. I go on to work on my own music and there's always kind of been this push and pull between, but that's not like Jude. Mm -hmm. People don't want, they want to put you in a box. They don't, people have a hard time allowing you to grow sometimes and try different things and, and whatever, but it's not even trying different things because Jude was never me. Jude was a character I was playing, right? Right. So anyway, I'm going off on the tangent, but yeah, it's, um, in the end, it's been more of a blessing than anything, but um, it's amazing, the TV world. And it's yeah. amazing too, how many incredible fans I've, garnered from that experience like staying with me and following my journey and i think especially following my journey after instant star and when i did working on albums and working on my own records and you know having having them not be able to see the light of day because i was caught in the wheel of the major label industry i think those fans that followed jude harrison were kind of watching her story come to life it's almost like my experiences kind of mirrored Jude's on the show in yeah. some ways. I even went off to London. I even went to go work with, you know, Marius DeVries and Grant Black and, you know, whose dad wrote the um, James Bond theme. I got some really funny stories, but yeah, I think it, that it's, it's such a blessing because I have these amazing fans who have followed my journey for so long. And I also have, you know, people when I tell them, you know, yeah, I do music and they go, I looked it up and, you know, how strong do you think I am is an amazing song. And I'm like, that's not, I never wrote that song. That's Jude Harrison's song. <laughs> that's from, you know what I mean? You get what I'm saying. Anyway. Yeah. 
Do, do you feel like you, you in real life are a better musician than the characters you played that were musicians? Oh my gosh, what a crazy question. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I had to, I had to come up with, with something original for take two. And I, I, am, <laughs> just that, I am that musician. I mean, yes. Do I think I'm a better musician now than Jude was at that time? Yeah, of course. Because I'm like, you know, how much older and I've toured how much more and, mm-hmm. you know, I've honed my craft, I guess. And will I be better in 10 years? Like 100%. I just think based on age, you know, based right. on you gotta, I have respect there. Right. So you never had to like dumb yourself down musically to, to, you know, to kind of fit the role. No, which was really cool. I was able to write from the heart for Jude and I wanted Jude to be as awesome as I could make her. Right. And, and how important to you during those times on so weird and instant star, was it that, you actually, you know, got to write the songs, sing the songs yourself and, and be the creative, like young teenager, you know, amongst a, a team of writers and other people that they could have brought in. It's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to take this one myself. Yeah. It was a huge amount of responsibility, but I was used to that. Um, you know, because I've been acting since I was so young and I learned and also discipline from karate. My dad was a karate instructor and I hated going to karate and I never wanted to go and he would make me go and I'd stand there in my gi and just like want to be anywhere else than on this, in, on this dojo floor. And my dad and my mom always said to me, it's important to learn discipline. It's important to learn that like, you know, you have to show up and you have to do things that you don't want to do mm-hmm. um, because it's character. Not saying I didn't want to do, um, you know everything I've done. And I just, I, I had a, I took it very, very seriously. It was an honor and it's been an honor to, um, portray these roles and have be given an opportunity so young to, you know, so I wanted to kill it. Like I wanted to be awesome at it. And I took liability for a crew or for producers that believe in me. Right. So that's, what's been, yeah, it's interesting. Good question. Thank you. Um, so, we're talking about, you know, wanting to kill it and, and doing all that. Demi Lovato said that you were an inspiration to her to go from acting to singing. Nelly Furtado said your your song, Look at Those Eyes, was an event. Backstreet Boys covered a song from Instant Star, There's Us. So, like, hearing that and, and knowing that, what does that do for you as as a, you know, musician to have your work appreciated by such big artists? Yeah. It's very sweet and it's bittersweet. It's obviously like, I mean, any compliment that anybody gives you is like, thank you so much. Like I'm, I'm humbled and it's, it's the opposite of what I hear all the time. And what I hear all the time on YouTube and on on like messages to me is like, I don't understand why you're not bigger. Yeah. And I don't get why you're not at the Grammys. I don't understand why you're not being recognized here and here and here and here. And then to be recognized by like these icons, it's, I don't know, is there a word for that? Like it's, um, it's kind of like, I don't know, let's say Wayne Gretzky, you know, went to school with a hockey player who was, 
doing hockey with him at the same time, at the same place. And then he broke his leg. Gretzky goes off to win the gold cup and have this career. Um, this incredible, incredible career, you know, and his friend with the broke, and he says to his friend with the broken leg, it was because of you, you know, like it was, um, I learned something. I learned something from you. You taught me a trick, whatever it yeah. is. It's kind of like, yeah, it, it's so, it's so, it's humbling, but it's like, it's because it's the counter to everything I hear all the time. You know, if, mm-hmm. like all the time when you work so hard as an indie artist and you put out content and you, you make music and you do it because you love doing it. Sometimes it can be a bit of a bummer when people yeah. compare you to major artists with the machine behind them, because it's like, you know, it takes a village, right? And yeah. even for my music, it takes a village. It's just a different type of village. Like, you know, it takes a team for, for me to be able to put out content and be able to do what I do. And I know it takes a team for major label, huge artists to do what they do and to play stadiums and all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not going to lie. I would love to play a stadium show. <laughs> like that would be amazing. And, and there's many different avenues and there's, you know, different artists and different experiences that artists have. And, you know, I'm an artist who was signed to Capitol records. I was signed to Sony records and I've gotten to make my dream album and it never got to see the light of day. So for me, yeah, it's a sweet compliment, but it's also kind of like a bummer because yeah. I, I was at working in the studio at the same time. I was in the studio the same time that Annie Lennox was in the studio next door recording a record. So sitting back and watching someone so prolific that you looked up to your whole life be able to release their album. And for me, I don't get to release my first album was really hard, hard for me to yeah. grow from. So. At the end of the day, to answer your question, thank you so much. <laughs> like, wow. Thanks <laughs> for saying that my music in some way, um, you know, has inspired you because it gives me strength to keep going. Yeah. I'm going to give a lot of credit to whoever your media training person was because your answers are almost identical. Oh, really? Even, even down to um, your, your Wayne Gretzky hockey example. Somebody told me I have to make the hockey joke again. So the joke, the joke was, wow, how on brand for a Canadian to bring up Wayne Gretzky and hockey for an example. Yeah. So you go. So for everyone who watched the first time, we're, we're, we're keeping it. We got to keep it as consistent as, as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, and your connection is, is super good where you're at right now. Not, not yeah. one problem. Okay. So what would you say is your biggest success in your career or your rock star moment? Launching my um, Kickstarter page in 2012, I would say, um, was for me my biggest like rock star moment because it wasn't a part that was given to me um, or that I auditioned for. It wasn't like, you know, being put up on a billboard or having, you know, a label executive sign me and 
and say, you know, to a whole team of people, she's the next star. Like, this mm-hmm. is good enough. This is what we have to get out there. It was just me from my bedroom in Brooklyn. Um, and I was, had some friends whisper in my ear, you should really launch a Kickstarter. And I was like, what do you mean? Like I asked my fans to like pre-order an album. Like I asked them to like support my tour before I go on it kind of thing. Like, a, and they're like, yeah, just do it. And I was expecting like, yeah, but there's no way, like no one remembers me from instant star. I'm like, I make music, but like, does anybody really care? I was like, I'm, I guess. And as soon as I launched it, I not only succeeded, but I doubled, I doubled overnight and I was shaking. And I felt like it was such a, it was a rock star moment for me because it was like, wow, I need to continue making music. Like I need to make music and just do exactly what I'm doing directly to my fans and not screw this up again, not go and sign another deal for two, like two, three years, write all this music and then lose the rights to put it out. I need to directly make music for my Mm -hmm. fans. And that was where like something in my mind was like, I'm going to take my control back and fans allowed that to happen. So that was my moment. Good job fans. I think all those fans are in here right now for the interview. Um, So what, what would you say is your biggest failure or regret? My biggest failure. I mean, we all have so many. I don't, I'm not somebody who really like focuses on regret. Like I, I'm, very similar to how I like forgive. Like I think one of the, Mm -hmm. I think a good quality that people should have, I think is forgiveness. And it was something that was learned. I learned it from my parents' relationship. And so in forgiving, you have to forgive yourself. Right. So, but I will say um, that I think I had an opportunity before I put out any music at all um, to work with David Foster and I, my manager at the time was Neil McGonigal and he had managed Jan Arden and he's just like, he's awesome. He's a Canadian legend. Um, and I was doing a lot of, uh, um, David Foster foundation charity events. And one of them was the Wayne Gretzky foundation that came together. And I did a couple of those and I would sing with Michael Buble and I was singing Celine Dion songs. Um, and this was before Michael Buble was working with David Foster. It was the beginning of their relationship right, right. as, as a team. And I was approached to work with him and I, my mom and my manager at the time, I wanted to write my own music and I was writing my own music. Um, I was writing a lot of music with my brother. Um, very similar to Billie Eilish and her brother, like in a bedroom, right, writing right. a lot of those songs ended up being on the Wade album, which are on the Still Alive album. Um, and yeah, so I was like, no, like, I'm going to do my own thing and write my own music and get a deal that feels right. And looking back, I feel like David Foster, he really highlighted the vocals. He really, I mean, my gosh, like you have to remember at that age, my, I loved Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was a little girl and I was like, no, <laughs> I'm going to go do, do this thing. And looking back, my career would have taken such a different, I would have had such a different beginning. I mean, look at Michael Bublé. Right. Okay. Sure, like maybe he didn't get to be a part of writing some of those songs, but I'm sure, you know, he's a part of doing that now. So yeah, that's, that's a regret for me that I think of not often, but now that you ask me, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It, it's interesting. You know, when you ask people this question, because had something 
in their life, like, so, like there being such a drastic change, you never know where you'd be at. Like maybe you could be like this crazy big rock star, but maybe you never met your husband. You know, you never had your, your kid, you know, you never, you never do all, you never know how like changing one thread is going to like unravel other aspects that you love now. Yeah. And I feel like in some ways, like I've been really protected and I mean that, like, I, I think whatever, whoever wants to call it, whatever spiritual, whatever gives you strength to survive this world. For me, I feel like God has really protected me in my career and in my life because who knows if I would have been strong enough to take that type of fame. I don't know. I'm just a young, I'm a girl in the middle of a big middle-class family from a small town. And I don't know. I can't say where my life would have gone. You know, like I'm right. I'm, I have my fragilities and like, so I think to be where I am now, to be putting out music on my own accord and to have this, this amazing fan base that like always shows up and which makes me want to always show up yeah. is just, I wouldn't trade it for anything where I, where I am now. Yeah. It's, you know, whatever was supposed to happen, you know, happened and it happened for a reason. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, th- I didn't ask you about Final Destination this time, but it reminds me of Final Destination, like when that death was coming for somebody, no matter how they tried to change it, it happened, right? It still happened no matter what they tried to do. So whatever thread you always try to change, you know, you wound up exactly where you need to be. That's right. Um, that was, I'm sorry, that was, you gave like such a nice positive answer and that was like a morbid um, Final <laughs> Destination example. <laughs> All right, so... Um, as, as your, as your acting career has wound down now, you, you've been creating like indie pop, singer songwriter music. You've been able to really focus on that and, and polish, you know, your sound. So have you been able to constantly be able to create the music you've always wanted to, you know, free of any restrictions? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be, I mean, nothing's perfect, right? Like you're making art. And it's not easy. Like some, some, some songs are easy and it's like, wow, this is exactly what I want it to be. But I've worked with a couple of really amazing, like from, I mean, David Kahn, Mark Howard, Brendan Johnson, obviously, first and foremost. Um, I've gotten to work with some amazing producers and, and I've gotten to work with amazing writers and um, yeah, it's not, it's not ever like a perfect you know, you always are you're striving for the sound that you guys are both kind of like leaning towards. And usually it's when it's right, it finds its place, which has been, I've been really lucky for that. Like I'm really, I'm at a place now where I'm able to make the music I want to make and, and album to album, like you grow and you change and you try different things. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to kind of always be eating the same vanilla ice cream. You know what I mean? Sometimes as a person, you start yeah. yeah, which is like still alive for me. I really wanted an upbeat, like Euro driven, um, fun album that was just like pop. That's what I wanted to do at least once in my life, like a legit yeah. pop record. Um, and now that I'm, you know, a mom and I'm homesteading and I'm growing in different ways. I'm, you know, in, in my thirties, I, I want to do a record that come. it's going to be a different type of record. My next record, it's going to come from my experiences I've been through and the goods and the bads. And, you know, so, I'm just so lucky I have a fan base that follows me throughout all of my different 
I don't know, all of my different musical chapters. Yeah, and you know, it, you have that still alive. That you know, those songs were made before, obviously before it dropped, but it like literally dropped right as everything was shutting down for COVID. And you have this whole year of craziness that happens. You have a baby during this year as well. So that next record, whatever it looks like, is going to just reflect on the the madness of 2020 or, or maybe the, the joy. And because and, you had plenty of joy during 2020. I think a lot of people have a tough time. You know, with so many people going through something, they're kind of afraid to celebrate those victories and those wins. For you, you had a great victory. You, you had a child. You brought life into the world. So I can only imagine the kind of like emotional journey that this next project is going to go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's hard to find time as a parent. It's hard to find mm-hmm. because I don't think we've seen the repercussions of COVID yet, meaning that right. you know, it's not as simple as everybody just working from home. Because mm-hmm. when you work from home, you live at work. Yep. And when you live at work, it's hard, you know, like um, I have to as an artist and as an, as an artist who's constant, like there's so many, I mean, from part like Patreon, of course, you know, and then so many other, like I'm, I'm writing all the time. I'm writing new material. I'm learning logic. I want to be able to learn how to track myself and send it off and, be able to eventually produce like I'm not aiming to be some but enough where I can you know send it off and get the help that I need to to do stuff I'm doing that but at the end of the day I'm a mom and like when I'm in a world that's so social media and people posting I've made a really I just I'm very like you know when I come through the door if I'm not if if it's not a day that I'm working where it's like this is my work day and I delegate those out. I dedicate, I de- yeah. delegate, delegate, and dedicate those hours towards my work. I'll just put my phone in a cookie jar because when I'm playing with my daughter, I don't want to be on my phone. Yeah. I don't want video, and I, I just want to be disconnected from it because I want to be present with my daughter. And yeah. being a musician and being, you know, it's um, it you have to constantly be working at that because it's not as easy as I'm making it sound. Cause I'll be playing with my daughter and I'll have a song idea come into my head. And I'm like, oh, I got to get my guitar. I'm like, well, well, no, I'm, I'm like at a park with my, okay, just well, right. And then I'm missing a moment. I'm missing mm-hmm. her. It's not like, it's actually not even healthy or safe. <laughs> so right. as a mom, I really, I can't just like create. It's like, you know, and I think maybe musicians don't talk about that often, you know, um, obviously I get the help that I need to get, which is awesome but I'm also her mom, right? So she's my first priority. And then next I would say is, is creating. So that being said, I'm working on new material. I'm excited for this next record. I'm excited for a couple different things I'm planning um, that I really want to do that I'm excited for. And all that stuff's happening on Patreon. Like I'm, I'm going to be unfolding these, you know, Easter eggs on Patreon. Um, Patreon's my first priority now. Mm-hmm. Because as a label, Lady Spencer Music, like these are the fans that are like coming to my shows, right, right, right. These are the fans who are standing in line, waiting outside in the cold, to come to my show and to get like their VIP package and their merchandise and their signed stuff and their discounts and yeah. stories, and they're getting all that stuff there. So, 
anyways yeah right now <laughs> yeah no it's fine i i get it you know I watch my kids until about 3 p.m. every day while my wife is working from home. And then she takes over and then I work until midnight or whatever. Wow. Um, but, you know, I'm an editor and, you know, news and, and stories are happening all throughout the day. So, you know, I'm getting messages and I'm like this with my kids. And then my son is climbing on the table and, and then my daughter's like sticking her hand in, in like peanut butter or chocolate or whatever. I and I'm it. trying to be like, all right, team, do this. And it's crazy. I, I get it. I get the cookie jar thing wouldn't work for me because my kids would just be reaching for my phone because they're always trying to steal a cookie. There you go. But, exactly. <laughs> so now I'll just, I'll just put it on top of the fridge because I'm the only one tall enough to get it. Um, so what would Jude Harrison be doing with herself now? I think she'd about probably- 15 years later. I think she'd probably have her own label, um, be signing artists. And I think she would be doing music still, but I think she would be a judge on instant star. Perfect. And probably being like a mentor to like a younger musician. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So now what would you say is the key to the survival of the artist in this musical climate of 2021? survival of the artist you have to start you can't gain your drive and your your confidence and you can't compare yourself to other artists that have the village meaning you know those artists that you look at every day that you hear all the time on the radio they're just people just like you and the difference is that they have an entire infrastructure built in place to help promote that artist, to help that artist get to and be exactly where they are. Um, you matter just as much as any other artist. What you have to say has a place. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at it and understand that like when I put out a record, I'm not thinking, ooh, how many people are going to be listening to this record? I'm thinking. Hmm. I'm really proud of this record. And if anybody stumbles upon this record and shares this record, this is something that exists in time forever out there. When I'm, when I'm gone one day, this is a stamp of my creativity of my art and it's feeds my soul. And I feel like people don't create because they're, their their they their expectation is not realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, just remember, you know, like these artists that you look at, they don't have an overnight. Leonard Cohen didn't just put out a record, and I'm Leonard Cohen. Like this takes years and years of creating from an authentic place. And I feel like, do you have to be in it for the right reasons? Because if you're not in it for the right reasons, and you end up getting it, it's going to destroy you. You're not going to have any foundation to be able to even deal with what's coming at you because I don't believe that humans are supposed to be worshipped. I don't believe we know how to be worshipped. At the height of my success, like in my life, being, what, 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 let's say, okay, you know, lead of a TV show, signed with Sony Records, you know, I didn't, it didn't add anything to my confidence. 
in fact, when I would tell people that I would go red, like, it's like, is this real? Like I'm, yeah. How, what a lucky girl I am. But at the end of the day, remember, there's a lot of pressure. Um, it's never what you think it is looking up. It's never what you think it is looking at, at people in the industry. Don't compare yourself. Don't compare your art. And, um, and just make it from, come from the right place and you'll survive. Cause if I was coming from the wrong place, I would have given up a long time ago. I would have been like, this is the second record deal. I've like, I would have been like, this is like enough. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. Why am I making music? Like, obviously it's not good enough. Obviously like it's not happening for me, but the, but I was like, no, I love making music. I, I love making music and nobody who knows me and nobody who loves me in my world told me to stop. And I would, I'd be like, why isn't anybody telling me to quit? Like, why is nobody telling me to stop? And everyone's like, because we can't. Like, you're, it's you. It's who you are. Like, this ends up happening. You know. So, I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, just definitely, your kids are watching you. Your friends are watching you. What you do is important. You have an impact on people around you. If we all just focused, even in agriculture, in our communities, in our music community, in our act, if we all just focused on our communities. And what we can bring to the table in our community, the world would be a better place. Absolutely. Um, Instead of looking I'm at the leader and looking at the top people and going, we need this to happen, we need that to happen. That's all so controlled. There's so many pieces to that puzzle. There's so many puppets and pawns. But if you can focus on, you know, which got us into farming, a different conversation. But just having control over your art, having control over your world and giving back to your community, I think, is the most important thing. And then you'll be okay. Your your art will survive. Yeah, it, and it gives what you're doing purpose too. Um, and yeah. you know, sometimes, and and I guess you can speak to this much more than I can. But like, success is fleeting, right? But if you have the ability to impact somebody's life in a profound way, even if it's like a really small thing, and I'm seeing these comments in here, people, you know, your music, you know, helped me out of depression. You know, you're my favorite artist ever. You helped me get through a rough time. You know, just seeing the comments in here. I mean, if you can help that one person, right? If from a life changing or altering decision that they, that they might make, um, I mean, it's, it's worth it, right? It is. And I think sometimes you have to really listen and be quiet and still with yourself and really listen to what is calling you, right? Like, I feel like music was calling me and the messages that I get from people. It's like, and I'm talking like, like I've said before, like you just said, and I said, it's not about the collective. It's about the person. And right. if I could change one person's day or make someone like step off from the ledge or like just be a positive voice for somebody, then that's my calling. I've been called on this earth to do that. And I'm going to continue to do that until I don't have a voice anymore. And that's not going to happen. And if that does happen, then I'll, I don't know, I'll, I'll write my lyrics on chicken eggs and send those out to people. <laughs> inspirational, inspirational chicken eggs. You, you can, you can feed your, your mind and your actual body. So yeah. perfect. If, if that becomes a thing, I'll take like, I'll just take 2%, you know, marketing on that for, for the help on the idea. Okay. Um, so, so, all right. So the, the last, the last thing, you know, what do you have to, to plug? Uh, you know, coming up, anything exciting? Let let the people know. Um, exciting is right now my Patreon community. 
um, I released an album this time last year called Still Alive. Um, and that album's been a huge labor of love. I wasn't able to tour it. So you want to see live streams, you want to see me play, um, join Patreon, $5 a month gets you live streams. And everything after that is just extra, like getting, you know, throwbacks for my career, um, demo downloads, uh, exclusive merchandise, um, specifically only to crew members on Patreon. And, uh, and it's evolving and growing and I'm constantly changing it. Like I'm constantly like, as I grow and I, as I change, you know, like I'm, it's been really cool having such a, such a, um, it's just such a great platform for artists in these, in these mm -hmm. times to be an artist who is touring and putting out music to be told that that you can't do that, to be able to continue to survive and be inspired and be able to have this platform has been a huge gift for me. And I know other artists too. So that that's happening. That's been super fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, just working on new music and I'll be posting snippets and behind the scenes of that process. It's going to, it's taking, like I was saying earlier, being a parent, it's, um, I have to settle into that, right? Like I've only been a mom for a year and I'm every day getting stronger and growing and learning how to, my creative brain, how to like, you know, just put things away for a moment because I'm a very passionate mm -hmm. person about what I do. And it's been a challenge, but it's been also like, it's just making, I feel like it's just making my music better because I, I'm like, when I'm in the mode, I'm like, I'm in the mode. You know what I mean? It's like, I know what you mean. I'm in it now. Like I have nothing yep. to take away. Like I, and you feel like it's a privilege to have time. So yeah. So I'm excited about that. And I have a, a couple surprises coming this next couple of months. I have um, a couple of surprises that I'm going to be re releasing. I don't want to say too much, but yeah, I'm working on a couple little things on the side. So, okay. I'll take that. So everyone, I know I we were supposed to ask questions last time I hit the question button, my phone gave out. So we're not going to do that, but you could sign up to her Patreon and you could ask her questions. That's, that's one of the features on there. Yeah. Um, and, and you can get those answers. I know I asked her a bunch of questions now and she answered some of them for the third time. So <laughs> <laughs> especially one about regret, you have to talk about that three times, but Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, for being super gracious enough to do it again. You, you were actually perfect this time as far as connection. Um, so that worked out great. Most of the same people that were in the first one are now in the second one. So your fans are the realest and the best, as I told you before. They're the best. I know. Not one hater in the bunch. No. Nope. There's always one hater. You didn't have a single one. So nope. shout out to the fans. Shout out to you, Alex Johnson. Thank you for running the gauntlet of survival of the artist twice. The only person who's ever done it twice. What a way to kick off a season. <laughs> um, and I can't wait to see what you have next. Everybody give Alex a follow. You probably already are. But so support her. Support her. She's awesome. Still alive. New album. All merchandise in store. Check it out. I have, oh, I had a drink here. I, I probably threw it in frustration, but there you go. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to this working and um, good luck with this awesome idea then for a podcast. I think it's really cool and I'm glad that uh, I could be here for it for the first one. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye.
Stay there. Get back to that baby. Yeah, I know. Where is she? See you later. <laughs> All right. See ya. All right, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. This was the first episode of Survival of the Artist. Again, special shout out to Alex Johnson for doing this twice. The first time there were so many technical difficulties and then my phone crashed and I lost the whole interview. Um, there was a couple of things that you may have missed that we talked about the first time that we didn't cover the second time. Um, but, you know, this was the real meaty, important stuff. Um, Alex, you're, as I said, your fans are amazing. Everybody in here, so awesome. If you want to see more great interviews and, and different things coming, um, follow me right here. I just did an interview with Ian Flynn, a comic book writer for Sonic the Hedgehog for the last 15 years. I have some actors coming up, um, some other artists. I have a food page called Plated by Dads. So if you are a dad and watching this or you know a dad who's really good in the kitchen, chefing it up, owns a restaurant, whatever, tell him to send some food pics to that page and I will post them. Um, shout out to everybody who is in here. Thanks for sticking around and watching. Peace.